Hello there and welcome to the Pint-Sized Healing Podcast. My name is Max Thompson, let's get started. In the next three episodes, I'm going to um, talk about kind of the three basic steps that I usually try and take when I have to talk to someone toxic, especially someone who I already know is toxic. I spoke to uh, Carrie Mayer, who is one of the lovely ladies on the Swan Waters team, about this as well, when she had to um, confront someone... um, an abuser from her past and it's um the three steps that I usually try and go through are peace power and strategy so today I'll talk a little bit about that first step the peace step so basically um what toxic people and abusers uh quite often try to do is to trigger us emotionally so that we start responding from uh, you know, a place of frustration or, or you know, we start being defensive or, um, you know, may- maybe even we start crying or we start yelling because we're angry. And as soon as we do any of those things, they will then point the finger and say, oh, look at how unstable they are, right? Um, and it just gives them, um, it gives them ammunition. Um, um, It gives them ammunition to make us look like the lunatics, right, in whatever context. But even if it's just, you know, even if if there's no one there to witness um, our emotional outbursts, it still makes it way easier for them to manipulate us, to get us to say stuff that we really wish we hadn't said because we're not processing on a rational level, right? We're now in an emotional state, we're triggered, we're, um, you know, and we're, we're trying to keep ourselves together. We're trying to keep our heads to process things rationally, but it's really difficult when we're in that heightened emotional state. So whenever we can, it's a really good idea to try and bring things back to a place of calm, right? So, if you can, uh, and this is really helpful if you don't get ambushed or anything, is, you know, before you do anything, make sure you calm yourself down again. And sometimes, you know, we can do that by uh, taking a walk, screaming at the wall. Um, I know that one of uh, Aubrey Cole's favorite ways of doing this is... um, is taking a hammer and pounding the earth in her garden to you know to kind of vent that that emotion that that overwhelming energy that you can feel when maybe you get a letter or an unexpected phone call or a voicemail message or whatever kind of communication from an abuser or a toxic person in your life um so if if you take some space to kind of vent that energy right so that you can immediately uh just get rid of it so that you can start 
processing on a more rational level. Now, like I said, you only get this chance if you're not being ambushed, right? So if someone just shows up just like that, uh, you know, unexpectedly, all of a sudden in your face, you accidentally answer your phone or you just open your front door and ta-da, there they are. Um, it's really um, useful. I have found and I've spoken to other survivors who who have done this as well to kind of practice a standard response. Practice something in your head that's kind of, you play it over and over in your head. I mean, not obsessively so, but, you know, have a have an idea of what you would want to say and practice it. Practice it even, you know, actually saying it, articulating it, saying it to yourself in front of the mirror, right? I used to do it sometimes when I would travel into areas where I felt I might run into people. Like this was way in the beginning uh, when I first caught contact. If I would travel into areas where I knew that they sometimes went or, uh, you know, if at that point I was still in touch with my sisters, every time I would go see my sister, one of my sisters, I wasn't that confident that they wouldn't um, help or tell my parents that I was coming so that my parents could ambush me. And in fact, that actually did happen. And so as I was traveling to my sisters every single time, I would run my speech through my head, right? So that it was there, like ready to go. And in fact, when my parents did ambush me at my sister's house, it was ready to go. And I could just spit out the words, right? I could just rattle off this speech that I'd practiced so that I could focus on keeping myself contained, right? Because I was very angry when it happened, like very angry when it happened. And so I could focus on keeping that anger inside until I'd left the room so that I wouldn't, A, give them the satisfaction of seeing me get angry. They couldn't blame me for being angry at them, right? They couldn't turn around and say, well, you shouted at us. You were being irrational at us. I was being very rational. I was being very calm. I said exactly what I wanted to say. And then I left. Then I caught my partner and I screamed, not screamed at him, but screamed at him about how awful it was and how angry I was. And, you know, I vented all that energy. Um, over the phone as I was walking down the street away from the ambush, right? But so when you are going to respond to an abuser, as I know that it can be a little bit tempting at times as well to actually show them your anger, but they will use your anger or your grief or your sadness or your pain. They'll use it all against you. So try and find that inner peace from which you can then communicate more rationally. I hope that helps and I'm going to tell you the next step step next week and uh, so don't forget to tune in for that. Thank you. See you then.